Welcome back to Focus. I'm Ron Cisco, and today I think I think what I'd like to talk about is intellectual alignment. It's kind of a strange concept to think about because most of us don't look at ourselves as hypocrites, but the truth of the matter is we make decisions based on our own personal biases. Sometimes it means taking the wrong information, sometimes it means taking the information the wrong way, and sometimes it means ignoring things entirely. I'm certainly guilty of that from time to time, although I try not to be too often, because, I mean, in the realm of hypocrisy, attempting to align yourself intellectually makes a lot of sense. When it comes to decision-making, being able to directly count on what your specific train of thought is going to be simplifies things, and it helps you live your life in a way that, that makes sense to you, which is really very important. The biggest difficulty with intellectual alignment is sometimes we have preferences and sometimes those preferences aren't logical. Our, our biases really point us in a direction that doesn't necessarily have to do with what, what we think makes sense. That kind of hypocrisy is lauded in some circles and shouted down in a lot of others. And you see a lot of snarky comments on Twitter, especially, or Instagram, or Tumblr, if that's still a thing. Where, where people make sure to point out those intellectual inconsistencies. Really the biggest trouble with, with doing something like that is that the person that you're hoping to communicate with doesn't believe that they think incorrectly. They look at you, and they've already got a label for you, and they're already ignoring everything you have to say. I'll be honest in saying that, um, like from the th thought process of how... I create podcast ideas and, and that kind of circular nature of, of planning podcasts. Uh, I, I had the idea of doing intellectual alignment. And, and I had this idea of how I was going to explain it. And it kind of all went by the wayside. Because I think, I think there's definitely um, a way of thinking that, that maybe I'm not clear on. I, I, I would like, I'd like to bring up a very recent topic, specifically that of uh, Greta Thunberg, 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 and uh, and her talking about um, uh, global policy, I suppose. But when it when it comes to it, environmentalism, um, really the biggest concern is you have a sixteen year old child who felt so compelled and so moved by uh, climate change politics. Uh, that, that she felt like she needed to step up and say something. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have a 16-year-old who said uh, nothing except, um, we're very concerned, and please listen to scientists when they tell you that things are going badly. And to me, this doesn't seem like a very controversial position. I don't generally like to talk about politics, but the more I spend talking on this podcast, the more I feel like I have to get political uh, based on the subject matters that I that I choose, which I, I get, it's my fault, but also because it's, it's so topical and it really kind of speaks to the same topic in my mind. Intellectual alignment. You have someone who is worried about climate change, someone who in their mind is observing big issues in the climate, and someone who would like for politicians, people in general, to, to listen to uh, scientists. That's all she's asking for. Please listen to the scientists. Please take care of the environment. Which, to me, doesn't seem like a very controversial 
position because I listen to scientists. Um, it, it's one thing to listen to a singular study that says climate change is causing all these problems. It's another thing entirely when 97% of scientists say, hey, climate change is real, and if we don't do something about it, it's going to get worse. This is where intellectual alignment comes in. Now, I don't want to go out of my way to tell you that you're wrong if you don't believe in climate change, but um, I don't think you're correct. And again, 97% of scientists don't believe that you're correct. However, since we're going to make this a topic of controversy, we can address the specific notion of intellectual alignment with this example. Now, if you don't believe that climate change is a real factor in our environment, then very likely you're looking at what 16-year-old Greta Thunberg is doing as grandstanding by liberal, I don't know, what, I don't know what everybody calls everybody anywhere, left, leftist, the left, the extreme left, whoever, that this is some desperate attempt to, to uh, get some sort of appeal from whoever, which, which is just driving me crazy that climate science is divided by left and right. Like that, you know what, we're going to, we're going to make it to podcast topic about this and we're just going to, we're just going to outright talk about politics, but we won't discuss that right now. Um, anyway, that's, that's the narrative being deployed by conservative news outlets and, and conservative pundits. And I've, I've even seen it on some people's Facebook pages, which blows my mind. Okay, so you have, you have the thought that climate change is just a conspiracy to drive up manufacturing costs or what, whatever it is that makes you feel like you don't think climate change is a real thing. That it's some sort of scam perpetrated by scientists to create industry or something. I'm not really sure what the problem is because imagine for a second that you have scientists creating more work. How, but never, never mind. So scientists don't stop being relevant. Are they wrong sometimes? Sure. But that, that comes with science. You're wrong, you evolve your opinion, and you move on. We used to think witches were a real thing. Worse than that, we used to think that you could test a woman to see if she's a witch by putting her in the water and seeing whether or not she'd float. Which is, wow. I mean, you know. But but we'll go back to it. We're, we're talking about... Uh, people who, who say that this is a 16-year-old girl being exploded, exploited by uh, um, the, the left for, for sympathy, to, to guide more people to the opinion that climate change is real, to, to guide more people to read the science. And then you have uh, adults calling the child, the 16-year-old girl, the young woman, mentally ill because she has Asperger's which is uh, a, a form of autism. I'm sure you know what it is, but it's not a mental illness. That's, that's not how mental illness works. You can't just name things mental illnesses because it serves your opinion. But it gets worse than that because in order to justify anything to, to remove this appeal from, from this child, this, this global appeal from this child, who got on, on stage to shame people about not doing anything or not listening to scientists, to, to let people know that this was the world she was inheriting and she was concerned about it. 
Um, there's an awful human being, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna label him an awful human being, um, just because of what he said. And you're gonna listen to what I what he said, and you're probably gonna agree with me. His name is Justin Murphy, um, and he's on Twitter. And he said, and I quote, "Not even being provocative, but if you think Greta Thunberg has the maturity to guide global policymaking, then you cannot object to Jeffrey Epstein paying 16-year-olds for sex." Now. I'm going to break this down because I want to talk about intellectual alignment and how this plays into it. Uh, Justin is saying that if a 16-year-old can gl- guide global policymaking, then she's mature enough to determine whether or not she wants to be paid for sex. Jeffrey Epstein, who committed suicide in jail rather than face up to his uh, child trafficking charges, is, uh, is, is a, a, another horrible human being. But imagine, imagine the type of mindset you'd have to be in to equivocate being a 16-year-old concerned about the environment and wanting to speak on that and asking, please, please listen to a scientist. Please listen to all of the scientists in the world. Please don't dismiss this because it's important to my future. And he's going to take that and use that to excuse a child predator and a sex trafficker. Or, worse yet, say that a child sex trafficker was right about how mature a 16-year-old girl is. I, I'm just like, I, I had to record that four times because I'm disgusted by the thought. But this is what I'm talking about when it comes to intellectual alignment. What is your case for there not being climate change? Present that case. You know, climate change is a uh, fake science thing that people have put together so that we could drive up manufacturing costs and put the U.S. economy in a hurt locker. That's that's what we're being told. Okay, great. Prove it. (laughs) Prove it. Create create any sort of information. Just you can't just say things and then they're true. You can't just say wind power causes cancer because of the noise it makes. Because you want it to be true and then have it be true. You can't just make things up because you want something to support your case. And this is this is one of the biggest problems that I see in politics today, is that rather than read the data in a way that it makes sense to interpret it uh, or or it's meant to be interpreted you you read it your way in a way that supports your own conclusion a foregone conclusion the, the conclusion that you're supposed to use data to come to we could talk about gun control uh, and anybody who knows me personally and maybe you're listening and you didn't know this i don't know but i am i'm i like guns i am a big fan i do competition shooting i keep putting off starting a competition shooting channel but guess what early next month that's happening we're probably the middle next month that's happening but but i and we'll talk about gun politics there too but i don't believe that banning guns changes anything to me the united states is a country born of violence that continues to keep its people its populace in violence due to economic pressures because the divide is so large. And that's strange to me because so many people are so 
anti-gun and they come up with all these statistics. Great. That's, I'm fine with that. I would, and if, I wish we would do more studies on gun violence. And, you know, they, they come up with the idea that removing guns stops gun violence. I will admit that if you were to remove every gun in the United States, you'd probably have fewer shootings. You probably wouldn't have mass shootings. But you'd probably have bombings. And you'd probably have people driving trucks into crowds on bridges. Immediately in the aftermath of one of the last shootings, uh, we saw a rise in people reporting cases to the FBI. Not just, not just reporting cases, but saying, hey, this is really urgent. I think you really need to look into this. And the FBI taking it serious for, seriously for once, because as it turns out, when they act on the information, uh, they might find something legitimate from time to time. I think I read about four different active shootings being planned. I suppose active shootings doesn't make sense, but shootings being mass shootings being planned uh, by by people who were stopped because somebody said something. I think in one case, it, it, uh, specifically, it was his grandmother who called the FBI and said, "Look, I don't think he has any guns, and he didn't, um, but I'm pretty sure he's going to do something bad, and he was planning to." That said, I'm not against other things. I'm a I'm a competition shooter at heart. That's what I do, uh, and and I like competition shooting. And I definitely think that a waiting period isn't a bad idea. Do I want that new gun in my hands today? Sure. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. It's a toy. It's something that I play with and it's very serious and very deadly, but so are a lot of people's toys. I ride a motorcycle too, but some people don't look at those things that way. They don't, they don't treat them with the same respect that I do. And so they go in to buy something to hurt somebody and maybe a cool off period isn't a bad idea. In fact, I think for what, what most people are suggesting, which is a 10-day waiting period, I think that might be a little light. I think like 45 days might be a better, better um, uh, a, a deterrent length of time for that. Because, I mean, have you ever been angry with somebody before? Because I don't know about you, when I, when I am angry with somebody, it's for more than probably 10 days, for more than two weeks, maybe a month, maybe a month, I'll cool off. Of course, the difference between me and someone who would shoot somebody is when I'm angry at somebody, I'm just kind of hoping that they'll slip on a banana, banana peel or, or, I don't know, break their key off in their lock or something. And when they're mad, they go out and buy guns to shoot people. That happens. And I admit that it happens. I think we can all admit that those things happen. But then we get to, I think the most important issue that most people have is the, uh, the, the gun registry. People want a, a national gun registry, right? It makes sense. Uh, I'm not against it. I don't think it's going to be super effective, especially since I've already seen people uh, buying merchandise that says, I lost my guns in a boating accident. I'm not kidding. They're already like they're proud of what excuse they're going to give to whatever politician comes trying to buy their guns back. And we talk about intellectual alignment, and I think to myself about uh, the gun registry. How, how is that a negative thing? Well, in, in constitutional terms, most people look at that as a list of people that the government would visit first in the case of some sort of uh, uh, violence against the government. And, and I see the point. However, however, um, when it comes down to it, being made responsible for your guns, specifically having to lock them up or at least making sure that you know to communicate with the police, those are important things. 
And for anybody who's worried about the government government looking into whether or not you have guns, the government will just buy that information from Facebook because you tell Facebook everything. Those of you who don't, and you've got a bunker in Montana and hundreds of guns and a stockpile of ammunition, guess what? The U.S. government already knows about you, too. You'll never get that privacy back. And, uh, and when it comes down to it, if a registry would help, if, if the data supported a registry helping with gun violence, I don't see the issue. Which is, I mean, that brings us to background checks. And is there, it, I don't understand how there's a contest against having a more uh, proficient, I would say proficient, background check situation. Uh, we know of at least one mass shooting that happened due to someone not being correctly reported by the U.S. Air Force. They should have been in the registry. Background checks are very necessary. If for the most part, uh, people talk about the gun show loophole, and uh, I, I, I don't know. When, whenever you have to make a sale, like as a business, you have to run a background check. If you buy guns online, it has to go through an FFL who has to run a background check. Um, I, I know people do private sales of guns. You're never going to stop those. Because there's a whole bunch of guns out there, millions of guns out there that aren't registered anywhere and you can't keep track of them. So you don't know who has them. How could you enforce such a, such a policy? Well, obviously you would need a gun registry of some sort, but who's going to come out and voluntarily register their guns? And see, to me, this, this becomes a pattern of intellectual alignment. I am for these policies, but from a realistic realism standpoint, I know that they cannot be enforced because of how many guns we have already. When people talk about removing guns from the hands of people, first of all, that, that's, that's just an excuse. That's the one thing that all of those people who were stockpiling weapons in Montana have been waiting for. They're not worried about any of their other amendments. They're not worried about freedom of speech because those people who are worried about freedom of speech immediately go and protest on Facebook somehow. They're, they're not real protesters. Nobody worries about their Fifth Amendment right. Nobody, nobody worries about the Third Amendment for sure. You know, nobody's worried about the rest of the Bill of Rights, but the one amendment that's going to generate any sort of violence is going to be the Second Amendment. So removing guns from the hands of people is a guaranteed way to get a response, a violent response, from the very people you want to take guns away from. And so to me, I think there's, there's an honesty in those kinds of situations where you look at what the reality of something is, versus what you would like to happen. And that's absolutely fine. Um, again, I'm, I'm pro-gun, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely pro, let's be responsible about this. We, we could be more responsible than we are about that. And the data, to me, doesn't show that the violence is here any different than it would be without guns. But if the data said that giving up my rifle meant that we'd save a child's life, absolutely, I would. I don't need a rifle. I have one because I like shooting it, but I don't, it's not, it's not necessary for me. You know, we look at other countries and people, people talk about their gun control policies and, and how they handle guns. And, uh, and, and they like, <laughs> I think it's Switzerland has the highest, um, highest percentage of their civilian population owning guns because their manual uh, uh, mandatory uh, military service requires it 
and because they keep weapons on the property, but it's kept separately from the ammo. Do you think I would be bothered by having to be separate from my ammo? Well, maybe. I wouldn't mind having to purchase it at the range or pick it up at the range or store it at the range. But you know what? There are millions of Americans who have reloading capability. Uh, reloading, sorry. For those of you not familiar, they can manufacture their own manu- uh, ammunition. So to me, I want, I want a safer world, but I also want it to make sense. You know, to me, I want the solutions to be logical. I do, I do think a longer waiting period would make sense. I think finding some way to reg- make a registry work would make sense, but I don't think implementing something uh, in a half-assed manner makes sense because then we've only got a system that only kind of works with penalties probably set up to punish anybody who doesn't fall immediately in line. And those are the kinds of things that lawyers jump on. And that's the kind of reason that these things aren't being pushed is because we're not being logical about them. Everybody's grandstanding and they're, they're making these pushes towards a, a, what they would say is a solution, but doesn't end up being a solution. Because they're not, they're not looking at what's really going to work, they're just looking at what's going to make people think they're doing something. And so, I think that puts me in a different place than all of those people who tout the Second Amendment as the only reason that they need to have to own all of their guns which, again, I'm fine with. But those people who are armed up and worried about the government and tyranny are the same ones ignoring all of the tyranny happening or all of the symptoms of tyranny happening under their noses. And they're kept placated by the thought that they can keep their guns. The government doesn't need to take your guns anymore to, to change your life. And it used to be that way before electronic communication and... And it used to be that way before our government got as organized as it used to, as it is now. But, but they, don't, they don't need that anymore. They can change your life with taxes and policies and laws. They can, they can remove things set up in your own best interest because they say it interferes with capitalism. And in the, all of these games that these companies are playing with the government, the only people really suffering a penalty are, are the people. I feel like I'm bashing Republicans left and right, even though I'm, you know, I like guns. Um, I'm, I'm not a Republican. I'm, I'm definitely very liberal. But, it, you know, another, another one of those examples, and this will be my last one, I promise, is uh, the trickle-down economy, which is laughable to begin with, the thought that if you give rich people more money that they'll invest more in the economy. And uh, I don't know who got that idea, but every time we've tried it, it has not worked. Every time every single time we've tried it, including this last time that's cost us trillions of dollars. Every time we've tried it, these people take their money and they reinvest in themselves because that's how they made money in the first place. When I talk about intellectual alignment, and, and I don't know if I've really made the point clearly, I really hope I had, it, it really comes down to making decisions that makes sense. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm right about everything. To me, logically, the things that I've done and said make sense to me. But they make sense to me. I'm not just repeating a talking point. I'm not, I'm not <sighs> making up something specifically to, to, to keep my, my, my uh, side of the argument alive. And that's the biggest problem is we're just having arguments. We're not having a debate anymore. Uh, we, have, we haven't really had a debate in like the last 60, 70 years. But, but there's, they're just 
They're just arguments. They're just talking points. Nothing's getting settled because nobody's willing to be wrong. Uh, being wrong is, is, is the, the cornerstone of education. Look back at the 12 years, 13 years that you spent in school, maybe more if you went to college. I didn't. Um, and and you got to think, how much of that did you retain? How much of that was was just spouted at you? 25%, maybe probably like 15, 20% that you probably remember from your 12 years. That none of that was hammered in correctly because it was just told to you. You didn't learn it. You didn't learn it because it was just, it was spouted at you and then it was reflected off of you because you were half asleep being a teenager or uh, too tired from sports or, you know, whatever the hell else it is that you balanced in your life at that time. It's one of the things that I do. And I hope that if you're listening to this, you'll do it too. When you have an opinion, when you, when you have a way of thinking that you will constantly, constantly reevaluate yourself and the data and what you know about that opinion and make sure that you, you, that's what you believe and be willing to change your mind. Always be willing to change your mind. You are not useful as a human being if you are unwilling to change your mind. It's confusing. It's a paradox. It, one of the craziest things that the people always tell you is that you need to not listen to what anybody says in order in the pursuit of your dreams, which is true and it's not true because if you listen to what people say, they could ruin what's unique about you. And that's absolutely true. But that's what's unique about you. Don't be wrong. <laughs> don't, don't continuously be wrong. Don't fight to be wrong. Admit when you're wrong. Admit when the data looks interesting. Admit that you want to look into it. And don't, don't go on Facebook and say, well, you know, I was trained in environmental sciences and geology and whatever the hell else this guy made up on some stupid Facebook debate that I had the misfortune of reading. He, he made up his credentials, and they weren't even good credentials. He was, he was trained in them. Um, but, but apparently his training in those things means that, that he's an authority in this situation. But we have to not listen to the 97% of scientists. We're, we're back full circle that, that have doctorates in the things that he claims to, to know something about. They're not, they're not a good enough authority. And so on that when I talk about intellectual alignment, I'm talking about making sense to yourself before you can make sense to anyone. Focus is a Patreon-supported podcast. I want to thank you for listening. I know that was probably a little bit frustrating, especially if you're on my side of the fence, listening to these things happen all the time. I don't understand politics anymore. I don't understand. I really don't. And, um, and that's the hardest part is now we're coming into an election season and I don't, I don't want to drift into it and I just kind of feel like it's happening. So uh, I'll do my best to kind of tiptoe back out of that water. But, but in this particular situation with poor Greta, I just felt the need to say something. I, um, Mr. Murphy, if you're out there, you're a horrible human being and you should take back that awful thing you said. I, I just don't understand it. Um, I do want to thank our Patreon backers, not on the same note. Um, for keeping the lights on. I say that all the time. I really do. 
but but I mean it. You're going to keep this show running for at least another year, hopefully opening a couple of other shows. We'll see how that goes. But but thank you so much for the support. Anastasia Bieberhausen, Vigilante, The White Prince, and Enrique Ramos, thank you again so much. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be back on track. I don't know uh, for the other things. I'm kind of doing the therapy thing again uh, to kind of help me with my motivation issues. And, uh, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get the things that I wanted to lift off, lifted off. I've got a shooting competition on the 5th, so hopefully things will turn out of that. Um, and then, and then some other YouTube videos, if we can get be a little, little bit more remote, because I don't want to like talk about guns in front of 25 other RVs, you know? So thank you again for listening. If you decide to share this with somebody, please, please make it so that you're sharing it because it meant something to you and not because you think somebody else needs to hear it because they're not going to listen. They won't. If you have anything that you'd like to say, contribute, or, or respond in any way, you can, you can respond to the website, focusbycisco.com, or send me an email, ron at focusbycisco.com, and, uh, and then we can talk about it. You can, you can debate with me. I'd love to have a debate. We can have a civil discussion. It'd be great. Or, you know, send a YouTube video. Tell me I suck. Whatever it is. That's fine. I support you. I think you can be the best you. You don't have to be me. I just want you to make sense to yourself. I'll see you when the plot requires it. Thank you again so much for listening. Until next time, be excellent to each other. <laughs>